0: Hey everyone, for remediation this week we are going to talk about Mendel and the idea of the gene, so diving into the real genetic shit. So, hope you enjoy! Welcome to Biology for Bastards Teaching biology in the most profane way you've ever seen or heard I'm your host, John Doty Thanks for listening We're finally getting to the cool shit Finally After all that boring-ass shit about the cell And all that fucking bullshit We're finally getting to the genetics The really interesting stuff So this week, we're on chapter 14 Mendel Mendel I say Mendel Um The pea guy, pea plants, not weird R. Kelly pea stuff, um, but the pea plant guy. And let's get into it. So, I've already mentioned him Gregor Mendel. Gregor Mendel. I don't know how to say it. He was Austrian, second most famous Austrian after Arnold Schwarzenegger, if you didn't pick up on that. Um, He is the guy who is most associated with genetics. Uh, he's sometimes known as the father of genetics and he did a shit ton of work on peas and he had some peas that were true breeding meaning they would always reproduce and give plants just like them and then he did a whole bunch of crosses Um, he studied seven different characters in the pea plants and each one had a dominant and recessive, or an expressed and a hidden variety. He studied flower color, flower position, seed color, seed shape, pod shape, pod color, and then stem length. So what he did in his studies is he would cross them and then see what happens, do an F1 cross, so had the parents, the P generation, cross and you get an F1 and then he would let those self-pollinate, the F1s, and get the F2. And all this P and F and all that bullshit, um, the P stands for parental, the F, F1, F2, F3, F4, stands for filial, and it's Latin for son. So F1 is the first filial, F2 is the second filial, F3, third filial, all down the line. They're just different generations, and Like I said, he studied seven different traits, and each trait had a contrasting version. So it was a tall versus short plant, a green versus a yellow, a white versus a green, um, a purple versus a white, a smooth versus a wrinkly. Now those different varieties, the purple or the white, the smooth or the wrinkly, those are called alleles. And all an allele is is an alternate form of a gene. So... I said in the last episode that genes were like a category. Well, the alleles are the choices within that category. I think of it as like a create your character thing in the video game where you have like shirt color and then you have like, well, it could be red or blue or white or whatever. Shirt color is the gene and then the color of it is the allele. Um, so You get one allele from each parent, and you have two, because one from each parent. If the two alleles are different, then the dominant allele is going to be expressed no matter what. The only way to have the recessive trait is to have two recessive alleles, and then you will see that recessive variety showing through. Now, there is the law of segregation that Mendel came up with, And that is saying that the two alleles for each given characteristic will separate during gamete formation. Gamete formation is another way to say meiosis. So just saying that the two alleles will go their separate ways during meiosis and that is where the idea of a Punnett square comes in. If you remember Punnett squares those are the little you know two by two box With you have like the big P, little P, or whatever on the outside, and you got the different versions on the inside. Um, If you're confused with that, it might be worth going back and looking at the show notes. There's some Punnett squares in the PowerPoint that's linked there. But when you're dealing with Punnett squares, you have a couple different words that pop up you have phenotype and genotype. Your genotype are going to be your genetic makeup. So what genes do you have? While your phenotype, those are your physical traits. So think genotype genes, phenotype features. That's how I remember it. Um, You also have homozygous and heterozygous. So zygous is referring to the alleles that you have. You have homozygous, where they're the same. They could be homozygous dominant, if you have two dominants, or homozygous recessive, if you have two recessive alleles. Or you have heterozygous, where you have one of each. So we've got phenotype, genotype, homozygous, heterozygous, lots of vocab, but it's just pretty straightforward shit. Um, Now, if you're trying to figure out what type of genotype a plant has, or anything has, and you know its phenotype is showing the dominant trait, you can do what's known as a test cross. A test cross is where you cross it with a, cross the questionable one, with a homozygous recessive individual and that tells you that if it's a homozygous dominant that you're dealing with all the offspring should be dominant and if it's a heterozygous individual or a heterozygote that you're dealing with you should have an even 50 50 split of homo or sorry homozygous recessive individual showing the recessive trait and then heterozygous individuals showing the dominant. So a test cross is a way to figure out whether the organism that's displaying the dominant phenotype is homozygous dominant or heterozygous by crossing it with a homozygous recessive individual. With me there? Okay, so those types of crosses with the two by two and all that shit, that's called a monohybrid cross because we're studying one character, one cross, monohybrid, one set of hybrids. Now there is something known as a dihybrid cross where you're studying two characters, di meaning two. So that would be like if you're studying flower color and seed shape. So is it a purple white flower and a smooth wrinkly pea. So it could be you know purple and smooth, purple and wrinkly, white and smooth, white and wrinkly. So that's a dihybrid cross looking at the two different characteristics. And those things work because there's this law of independent assortment So the law of segregation said the alleles for one gene will segregate independently The law of independent assortment says alleles for different genes will segregate independently So, And I remember that because segregation is one word, you're talking about one gene Independent assortment is two words, you're looking at two genes Nice and fucking simple So that brings us to how probability is used um, with Mendel's Laws of Inheritance. And it's all, everything, when you're doing this, every Punnett Square is an independent event. So if you're crossing one mom with one dad, the options of their possible children is what the Punnett Square is showing. So the four boxes in the middle, or the 16 if you're doing a dihybrid cross those are the possibilities for their offspring. It's not saying if you have four kids you're going to have one that's big T, big T, two that are big T, little T, and one that's little T, little T, if you're looking at something like a, you know, two heterozygotes crossing. But it's saying for every child you have that possibility. So you multiply your probability if you're looking at multiple things. So like the probability of having two girls. It's a 50% chance and then another 50% chance. So it's a 25% chance. If you were looking at the probability of having three children all girls, you'd multiply that by 50% and you would have a one-eighth per- whatever one-eighth is as a percentage. 12.5% chance of that happening. So every time you do it, because it's an independent event, you just multiply it by the likelihood of it happening once. Um, yeah, there you go. So there's that stuff. And Mendel stuff is pretty straightforward. It's dominant, it's recessive. As long as you have one dominant allele, you show the dominant phenotype. The only way to have the recessive phenotype is to be homozygous recessive. But there are other ways that inheritance works. So sometimes you see this as non-Mendelian genetics and the stuff we just talked about is Mendelian genetics. So non-Mendelian genetics are in cases where it's a little more complicated than two copies is dominant one of each is still a dominant phenotype, and then two recessives is a recessive. You have things like complete dominance and incomplete dominance, multiple alleles, co-dominance, all these things that I'm gonna get into right fucking now. So, codominance and incomplete dominance. Very similar, but very different outcomes, easy to mix up. So this is when the heterozygote is different from the homozygous dominant individual. So in co in codominance what you have you clearly see both. You seriously clearly clearly see both alleles in the heterozygote. So that would be like if you're black or white and then in the middle you are black and white, speckled. There's chickens like that and all sorts of shit, um, but you clearly see both. It happens in blood with the A and the B, or your AB. So there's a bunch of different examples of co-dominance, and the other one, incomplete dominance, is where it's a blending of the two, where you're not red, you're not white, but you're pink. So you're not completely one, not completely the other, you're a mix of the two somewhere in between. And codominance, you clearly see both. So where incomplete dominance is like you're mixing paint or some shit, codominance is where you're mixing like sand, something solid, stones. You clearly see both varieties. Then we have things called multiple alleles, which is super fucking obvious because it just means you have multiple alleles instead of just having two possibilities, a big T and a little t. You might have three alleles or four alleles to choose from, but each individual still only has two. That's an important thing to remember. Each individual only has two, because one came from mom, one came from dad. There are just multiple things to pick from. Um, And blood type is a really good one, because you have the A allele, you have the B allele, and you have the O allele. So blood's just really fucking good at a lot of stuff, um, because it also has... It's also polygenic, meaning polygenic mini-genes. So there's more than one gene working on it, because when you tell your blood type to somebody, you don't just say I'm A, you say I'm A-positive or A-negative. So there's two different genes working for the same trait. So that's a polygenic, and that allows a lot more genotypes and a lot more phenotypes to be expressed for the same trait. So with blood, you have codominance between the A and the B alleles. You have complete dominance, that's the Mendel stuff we talked about, between the AB and the O allele. And then you have polygenic because you have the positive and the negative, which also displays complete dominance. And there's some stuff that I'm not going to try to explain um, when it comes to blood transfusions, who can give what, who can receive what. Basically, all I'm going to say is that O negative can give blood to anybody. They're the universal donor. And then AB positive is the universal recipient and can take blood from anybody. You have to have blood that is no fancier than yours. So positives can have whatever they are and the negatives. So like my blood type's A positive. I can have A positive blood, A negative, O positive, and O negative. I cannot have B. Cause my body's not used to seeing B. It sees it, it's gonna attack it, and I might die. And that would fucking suck. I don't wanna die. So don't give me any B blood or any A B blood, because if you do, you're a dick. So don't do that. Um now, when it comes to genes and all that shit, um, it's not just the genes that determine phenotype. It's a combination of the genes and the environment. The environment has influence as well, now the genes say do this, but some say do this in this certain situation. Some people tan very easily, it says when there's sun, do this, tan. Okay, um, others like hydrangeas they change color depending on the acidity in the soil. Um, like you think of Arctic foxes and snowshoe hares and all those shits that live up north that are one color in the summer, one color in the winter, they change depending on the temperature. The temperature never changes, neither will their fur. That brings us to pedigrees. Pedigrees are pictures that you're trying to figure the fuck out. And you cannot figure the fuck out of pedigrees without looking at them. So, highly suggest either googling what the fuck a rest, a pedigree is or looking in the show notes and following along. But here's how you do pedigrees here's the put this into words version so it, it's like a genetic family tree and there are circles in their squares the circles are female the squares are males sometimes things can be shaded and when they're shaded that means they have a trait just whatever you're tracking through the generations shaded means they have it It doesn't tell you if it's dominant. It doesn't tell you if it's recessive. It just says those individuals have it. Now, when it comes to actually solving a pedigree or doing the genotypes of individuals within a pedigree, there are like five-ish steps that will let you solve most pedigrees. I'm sorry if you hear a bunch of dogs barking. My dogs are going ape shit over something. Hopefully it's just a squirrel, but, you know, we got a new puppy, so it could be anything but they're they're fine it'll buff out shit'll buff out so when it comes to solving it here's what you do step one find the weird-ass kid the weird-ass kid is going to be the individual that is either shaded or not shaded and both of its parents are the opposite so you've got to find two parents that are the same color, whether shaded or not shaded, they have to have a child who is the opposite. So if both parents are shaded, the child has to be non-shaded, or vice versa. What you're doing there is you're figuring out whether the trait shown is dominant or recessive. Because that weirdo, that fucking strange-ass kid who's a different color than both parents, is homozygous recessive. That's the only way that the child can be something different than both parents is if both parents show the dominant phenotype and the child shows the recessive so right there you figure out what color is recessive so let's just pick an example where not shaded is the weirdo so both parents are shaded the child is not shaded so we know that not shaded is recessive step 2 give all the other individuals who are not shaded the same color as the weirdo Give them two recessive alleles and i like to use a's because capital a and lowercase a look very different and it's easy to look and it's easy to grade so that's what i tend to use when i assign these things so we give all the weirdos and all the people the same color as the weirdos two recessive alleles then step three is i like to start at the bottom the very bottom row and i give the parent. Each parent of each homozygous recessive individual one recessive allele because those recessive alleles had to come from the parents one from each so if we know that the child is little a little a we know that one little a came from mom one came from dad and I just systematically go through check each homozygous recessive individual make sure each one of their parents has one little a and then the next step is reversing that, making sure that the child of every homozygous recessive individual has a little a or a recessive allele, whatever letter you use is up to you. I don't give a shit but it's up to you because if the individual is homozygous recessive, they can only pass on a recessive allele Then the next step is to give all the people showing the dominant phenotype one dominant allele because in order to have it have to have one dominant allele and that will solve most pedigrees if you have anything left at the end we typically put a question mark for their second allele because we don't know exactly what they are because it's almost impossible to do you know a homozygous dominant based on a phenotype that's where you would go back and do one of those test crosses it's a little tough with people But you would know that they have at least one dominant. They might be homozygous dominant. They might be heterozygous. The jury's out. But that's how you solve pedigrees. And that is Mendel and the basics of genetics. So nice short little episode. Love it when things just fly by. And it's pretty fucking easy. So with that, uh, we're going to wrap things up. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, tell everybody you know about it. Um, looking at the calendar, the AP test, for those of you actually taking it, that's May 11th. That is coming up fast. Right now, on the track we're going, we're going to finish all the content sometime in January. Um, I'll probably go through and start posting classic episodes, we'll call them, have it planned out so that it finishes right before. The actual test but we'll see about that I also said I was going to take a fucking break Before we got into the genetic shit And here we are not taking one So who the hell knows I'm just kind of winging it um, But j- I'm doing that because People keep listening and it keeps making me happy So it's something to look forward to So thank you everybody For making me a happy person for a little bit each week And With that I have been your host John Doty Um, Our intro and outro music is Feeling Good by Purple Planet Music. And until next time, thanks for listening.